Hey guys, we are back um, on the Recalibrating Podcast. I'm with a new friend of mine, Elizabeth Woodson. Um, I met, well, I didn't really meet her, but I kind of met Elizabeth from my perspective one year ago at Proclaim Truth Conference. This is an incredible conference put on by Jen Wilkin from the Village Church and a couple other women who just have a desire to teach women the Bible. Um, Elizabeth ran a workshop that is called The Christian Story, and it's just a very high overview of scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And if somebody can teach that in like 90 minutes or less, uh, you've earned my keep as someone who knows what the heck they're talking about. Um, on, on her website, she labels herself a Bible teacher, a theologian, and a disciple maker. She is a minister at the Village Church Institute, which is just a place the Village Church has for people who want to learn the Bible. So I'm kind of geeking out because I just love scripture so much. And I just think it's really cool to just meet a fellow believer that loves the Lord um, in a way that you just, I feel like your deepest desire as a teacher of the word, you just want to know the word. You really want to know it, believe it, understand it, and deliver it to someone who's never heard it, especially. So um, we were talking before, and there's a lot of angles I want to go with Elizabeth because she's just really anointed in the space of teaching. But I guess we were talking about like, it takes time and it's a commitment to follow Jesus in all facets, whether it's the spiritual disciplines you have to walk in or choose to walk in and, or just reading the Bible. And I guess my opening question um, is why are we slacking in our commitment and devotion to the Lord just as a whole for the big C church? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, following Jesus doesn't always feel good. And we love to do things that make us feel good, um, whether that makes us comfortable or it's easy um, or it doesn't have any consequences. And so um, Christianity is a faith that holds beliefs that doesn't rock with everybody. And everybody's not warm and fuzzy to the way we're called to show up in the world. And so it's all those things in a pot together. And then you have, especially with American culture, where uh, the media and entertainment, social media, like is constructed to pull our attention in some really complicated and sophisticated, little scary ways. Um, and so you have just not that we might not be interested, but that there's something else that is vying for our attention in a really powerful way. Um, and so, you know, I think distraction is huge for us, lack of interest. Some of us just really just don't know the value of what we're missing out on. Um, might have grown up believing, oh, if I go to church, that's just enough. And if you live long, trouble will meet you at your door and you'll realize, hey, going to church isn't enough. It's a great, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's not enough for me to live this life as a Christian. I need something more than feeding off the words of another person. And I need to cultivate a personal relationship with the Lord that flows out into how I live in and show up in the world. And so I think, again, it's a little bit of, I don't know how, it's a little bit of, I don't want to, and we got to get over ourselves and realize you're not going to always want to do the things God's called you to do, but you do it because he's your God. Um, he is the only God. Um, and then the other one is that what I tell my students is you are being formed. So discipleship isn't neutral. Like discipleship isn't a word that's just um, for Christians. We see it in scripture, but it was historically, that was just what they were doing during the day, whether it was Christianity or Judaism. Discipleship was just, hey, I follow somebody and they shape me into who they are. And so today you are being formed by the culture, you're being formed by TV shows, the music you listen to, the people you hang out with. Um, so it's not a question of if, it's a question of what kind of formation. So we always want to be a certain kind of person, but what are you doing to get there? And so, um, yeah, it can be a little hard, but it's always, to me, it's worth it. 
because with the Lord is a beautiful space. It just takes a little work and discipline to get there. Uh-huh. That's like an opening mic drop. That's killer. Um, what, I mean, spiritual formation, I know it's a part of like your DNA and like you teach on it at the Institute at the village church. I don't know if we have enough time, but why, why is spiritual formation, the studying, of, the studying, understanding of it important? And then why the impartation of it? Like, why is this critical? And do you think, I'm, I'm guessing, but do you think this is missing in Christianity right now? Yeah. I mean, I think you don't have to look far. Um, you can look at your news reel <laughs> and all of us have watched um, what people who say they are Christians have done publicly particularly in politics, right? And whatever political party that you associate yourself with, hopefully we as Christians should be able to agree that there are certain behaviors that should be, that we should categorize who we are and there are certain behaviors that shouldn't characterize who we are. Um, And I think that there are a lot of Christians who are trying to figure that out. Um, And so our witness in this world, who we are, how we connect to our neighbor, issues of, you know, sin and brokenness is a reality in this world. And God has called us to live in such a way that we lean into that to help heal, to help bring his truth and his light. Um, like we're supposed to do work in this world uh, that transforms people's lives for healing and, 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 and goodness and pointing their eyes towards who God is. And it just isn't happening. Um, and so we see the gap. And I think in particular, you think about something about racial justice that we've seen in our country. And just, again, a lot of different conversations, but what you have seen is a church has not been at the forefront of that. We've seen non-believers be really good at treating people well and fighting for other people in a way that we should be because that's what it means to be a Christian. Um, And so your spiritual formation or the lack thereof will, will appear in how you show up in the world how you treat other people, um, what you stand for and what you don't stand for, what you speak up for, where you're silent, um, it will ooze out. And I think we have seen the ways in which people are seeing the lack of spiritual formation of Christians. I mean, this is probably sacrilegious to say which one's most important. Um, how many How many spiritual disciplines are there? Oh God, there are, how many do you teach on? How many do you teach I on? I teach on um, 10, I think nine. I teach on nine spiritual disciplines in my class. Okay. Um, and I would say there are some basic ones to me that overflow into the other ones. Spiritual, like they're all interconnected. Um, and so, you know, the hope is that people would read their Bibles. The hope is that people would pray. And the hope is that people would um, be living out their faith in community with other people. And so, you know, there, there are other ones we talk about like solitude and silence, which in a COVID time, you'd be like, Elizabeth, I spent a lot of time on myself. What are you nailed talking that about? One. Yeah, nailed that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, and it's the quality of time we're spending. So it's not that we're just isolated and lonely, but that you are turning off all the distractions and you're present with the Lord in a really intentional way. So there's there's a lot of other ones, but to me, it's when you are in a regular practice of talking to God, yeah. we talk about how um, prayer is a conversation that God has already initiated. So he's inviting us into something. So it can seem weird, like I'm talking to somebody who I can't see that's real, <laughs> um, but he's there and he's present everywhere. Um, and so talking to him, reading the Bible, you don't know, you're not gonna learn how to live in God's world unless you read the instructions that he's given us. And so that's the Bible. And then um, just living in community, 
you think you're a really kind and patient person until somebody else shows up. <laughs> and so the, the ways in which we are able to bless and love other people, but also are able to be blessed and loved by others as well. And so those are kind of the three main ones that I think are big for spiritual formation for Christians. Uh, I typed it up as we were talking. Prayer is a conversation that God has already initiated. Mm -hmm. Can you just unpack that? Pretend I'm a student in your class. Like, because that is, man, I think for, again, and I bet majority prayer is one of the hardest. Um, I think we pray. Well, again, let me default to you. What, like unpack that sentence. Prayer is a conversation that God has already initiated. Yeah. You know, as Christians, what we believe is that God created us. And that's really significant. Um, God didn't create us because he needed us. He's not creating because he's lacking something. He's creating because he loves us. Like the depth of God's love for you is should be overwhelming in all the best ways. Um, and so God has already reached out and initiated relationship, one, by creating you, but two, by saving you. Um, so what we also believe is sin entered the world in the beginning of time and, and kind of messed up our ability to be in relationship with the Lord. And what the beauty of scripture shows us is that God stepped in to fix our mess. He could have left us in the dust and he chose to send Jesus. And so all of that says he's reaching out, like he's taking the initiative to build relationship. And so he, he leaves it with us of whether we return um, his invitation or accept his invitation. And so to know that God is not, sometimes we can think that God is like far away and he doesn't care about what happens in our life. Um, or that we have to meet some mark of, uh, you know, I have to be the, a good enough person to talk to God. He's already taken care of all those things. He is a loving father. And for some folks, the father metaphor is not a good one because we haven't had good fathers in our lives. But if you can think of the best kind of father there ever could be, that that's God. And he truly delights in us. Like he cares for you and wants to know you. And if you think about the creator of the universe, like earth is just one planet in the universe. Like I don't, I'm not even that big on science, but I know it's really crazy and big and out of this world. And he makes himself known to us. And so to me, prayer is you just saying, okay, God wants to talk to me and he wants me to know him and he wants to know me. And so I just start talking in our normal voices. Like we would talk to a friend. Prayer doesn't have to be fancy. You just start sharing what's on your heart with God. And he meets us there. That's uh, so good. Okay. So I'm curious, when did you become infatuated with Jesus? Like when did that happen for you? I, I'm, I pray it's all your life because the way you are just aligned with him is beautiful and it's, it's real and it's so attractive, but yeah, what's your, is, is long or as short as you want to make, what's your faith journey? How did you get to fall in love with the creator of the universe? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a Christian home and so that was good and hard because Jesus is what we did. And so it kind of, I'm down South and a big thing that we walk through is cultural Christianity. It's like, Hey, I'm a Christian because everybody else is a Christian. It's just what we do. And so it can be hard to know what your own skin in the game is, so to speak. And so I went to college and did a lot of stuff that you do in college. That's a hot mess and found the Lord there. And I always talk about my relationship with the Lord as kind of a dimmer light coming on instead of like this, like light switch, dark to light. It's like it gradually, um, I came to know more and have a hunger. And I just always was that person who's like, man, I just feel like there's more to Christianity than what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing. And was always kind of on this search for, I want more, I want more, I want more. 
And the more led me to dig into the scripture for myself. It also led me to go to seminary. I don't think you need to go to seminary, have to go to seminary to, to know Jesus deeply, but that was just the path God sent me on. And um, I think having to teach other people why it's important. I particularly had an experience on the west side of Chicago. So I'm a uh, moved from Chicago to Dallas about 10 years ago, loved Chicago and was in a community of people who were just had hard lives. And so I couldn't have these sugary Christian answers because they're like, yeah, that's cute, Elizabeth. But what that got to do with the fact why well, I can't find a job. Um, you know, I am a grandmother taking care of my grandson because my child is wilding out in the streets, like just real issues of struggles of life. And so why does God matter there? We say the gospel is the answer. Why is it the answer? And that forced me to have to make connections that, um, pushed me to the deeper spaces and to see God be God, to see him show up, to see him heal to see him pull me out of place seasons of depression and anxiety and to heal me physically and, and relationships in my life and all this stuff. Like God is just, he has grown my love for him. Um, and one major place outside of the experience I've had with him is just being in his word and helping yeah. other people do it. That has really grown my love for the Lord after I got up from the concrete when he bust my head <laughs> and on the ground. She's like, you can't live like this no more, girl. <laughs> I think that's cool. I mean, like, I, I love teaching the word because it makes me remember, right? And it, like when, and I love what you just said, like, if you're not in community, you don't have to buy in. Like, you don't have to tell people about Jesus. If you're surrounding yourself with a, a nice Christian cookie cutter family that everybody loves the same God and he's so good and Maybe we experience trial, but we all know the answer and the solution. But when you're facing people's struggles with them, life on life, and they're like, now what? You, you want to believe in the God that you claim. And I think that's, man, I mean, it's funny. I didn't even think about community being a, a relevant thing in actual spiritual formation, but I understand based on what you just said, why it's so critical. Mm-hmm. So how do you, community is complicated. Um, and I'm sure you have, I, I would assume the village church has got life groups, you know, connect groups. So you're in community with your peers and around church. But I think more important community is for ones not in the church, um, especially. So how, how do you get yourself in there? Um, and when you get like maybe a little bit of rebuke, like, oh man, you don't understand, but you're like, no, but I do. Like, how do you make, how do you take down the Christian barrier to entry, to insert yourselves into a community that you in the best way desire just to understand that Jesus is the solution to everything that they're facing. How do you wiggle your way in? Um, I think to me, commonality and experience is really key, right? So um, Christians, we have language. We have our own way of talking about things. That is cool until you're around people who are like, what are you talking about? That's Um, right. (laughs) And so I think it's being aware of that. It's being aware of like we have a common human experience. And so whether it's sports or it's, you know, I go to the nail shop at the same time with the same people, you know, or I go to the um, same coffee shop and I see the same people, you know, or for me, it was I'm in school. And so I might be in school with people who aren't believers, but we're all pursuing the same degree path. And so commonality and experience has been super helpful and just being a good friend and a good friend is caring and, and shows up and, and asks intentional questions about people's lives. People want to talk about themselves, um, in all the best ways and sometimes all the worst ways, (laughs) but I think it's, how can I just be an intentional person who cares? And then ask God to open opportunities for me to talk about 
the Lord. So I meet people and they ask me, man, why did you move to Dallas? Well, that's going to make me have to talk about Jesus because I moved to Dallas to go to seminary. Um, and so, you know, this is me, you know, I have this nail shop around the corner from my house that I go to and make it intentionally to talk to the people there just about what's going on with your life. How was your holiday? Like all these things. And so, um, one, those pathways of community aren't always fast. And so for us to be okay with that, intentionality to me really is a secret sauce to community. You just keep showing up. You just keep caring about people. And that just does something. Um, and opening doors, or maybe it's just that people know, oh, that girl, Elizabeth, she really cares. And so somebody gives you a phone call or sends you a text when they need that caring person in their life. Um, but just just keep showing up to me as a big place with people who you share common out common things with. Yeah, that's good. I mean, a little convicting because you're right. There is like a language we speak amongst mm -hmm. the church, Big C Church, that you're like, oh, we understand. Like, I just you think about that, and then imagine if you just not saying we have to dumb it down, but the Bible is mm -hmm. com complicated. It's super yeah. complicated, <laughs> and I can't spit like the posture of Nehemiah to someone who doesn't even know who Nehemiah is. He was a man who prayed right. before anything. Um, exactly. You know, and I just, that's so good to remember. And I, I agree. Like I think of just the language of like love does like just show up, be intentional, mm -hmm. ask questions, yeah. make, make time for someone, um, be inconvenienced, create margins. Mm -hmm. So you can invest in people in the most mundane or the most intentional of places. Um, gosh, that's such a good word. Okay. Uh, well, I have like so many other questions I do want to ask you, but I think I kind of want to end with this one. Um, you get to teach the Bible. Wow. Like what a gift. Um, how does a teacher of the Bible study the Bible? Yeah. You like that question. I saw you. You're like, here she goes. But I mean, I'm, this is, I'm asking if anything for an audience of one, like I want to know from some of the best, like, how do you study? What do you do? Tell me how you break down a book. How do you study yeah. your Bible? Yeah. Um, what I will do when I'm preparing to teach is, you know, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm extra fancy. Um, and so what I will do first is sometimes I will do it um, digitally. I might do it. I might print it out on paper, but I just take the passage I'm walking through. Um, and so I think there's like, I study the Bible to teach it. And then I study the Bible for myself. Um, and so it really is, let me walk through this passage. Let me read it over, like read it several times. Let me see the things that stand out to me. There's all, you know, they're the good questions we can ask of any particular text. So who wrote it? You know, what was going on at that particular point in time? The Bible is a book that was written for us, but not to us. And so I always say we're eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation. And so it's hard. You can think passages mean something they don't mean when you don't answer basic questions. Um, and so like Genesis was written to the nation of Israel by Moses. And so he's writing to tell Israel, this is the God that delivered you out of Egypt. Man, that blew my mind when I found that out and changed how I read Genesis. So it's simple background questions that help. But after that, you know, I do, I'm big on inductive Bible study methods. So observation, interpretation, application, um, and doing it in that order. So again, the biblical author is writing to his audience for a particular reason. Do your best to identify that reason before you try to figure out what that passage means for you. Cause that will like keep you in the boundaries of good interpretation and application. 
Um, and so I'll just chart all that out on a piece of paper and I'll circle words and I'll highlight them. I might look up words I don't understand. Um, and then I always try to summarize the passage or chapter or maybe even book I'm reading in a couple of sentences. Like if somebody was to ask me, listen, what you read about? What would I say to them in basic language? <laughs> um, and that helps me kind of just like synthesize the ideas that have come up during that session. And then it's just what the Holy Spirit brings to the top. Our study of the Bible is not something we do on our own. We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who we believe gave us the words in the first place. And so what does he allow to stand out? Um, you know, this morning going through my, I will do an audio Bible every day. And so that's easier for me. So for those of you who are like, man, I don't, audio Bible is cool. There are a lot of different podcasts that will go through the Bible in a year. You can just listen to a little bit every day. It's like, man, what it stood out to me today is I'm hearing about Joseph and his brothers um, and how quick they were to want to kill him because they just didn't like him and how quick we are to not show people grace and to deny them as image bearers um, because we disagree with them or don't care for them or they get on our nerves or something like that. So it just is that the Holy Spirit brought that out to me because personally I was going, am going through a situation where I'm like, okay, how do I deal with this relational conflict in my life? And it's like, you got to show up in grace and you got to show up in love at all times. And so the Holy Spirit's a big part of that study process. I got my commentaries. I got my books in my, in my little library in my apartment. But the first place is just me, the Lord, and the Word with some good inductive Bible study method. I love it. I, who do you love learning from? Like maybe dead, dead someone. I hate to say that, but we want to learn from the ones who have gone before us. So who other than, you know, who, who do you like commentary from? Yeah, um, I generally, um, sometimes, Dal, it, it depends. It's kind of like a little bit all over the place. Um, yeah. J.I. Packer is one for me that always mm -hmm. hits well. Um, you know, I think about um, Howard Thurman. He's an African-American um, theologian and just pastor and just really faithful to the word. Um, Charles Octavius Booth is another one. He is, um, it's Black History Month, so I got Black History Facts Absolutely. for you. <laughs> um, he wrote, he was a, a slave who became um, an ordained minister and he wrote a systematic theology for his community. And so yeah. um, those are some of the, the people that I will look to. You know, I also look to, um, let's see, uh, Dr. Tony Evans is someone that I will listen to frequently. I'm trying to look at my shelf of things. No, that's good. Um, Don't overwhelm yeah. us. That's good. I'll take it. No, I think it's, I think what's so, I love that you did that, but like, I think the reality is when we study the Bible, don't learn from someone that looks just like you, please. Yeah. My goodness. Like diversity in the voices and the experiences and the interpretation, it matters. Like, um, yeah, we want to have a diverse worldview when you're teaching the Bible. It can't be just cut from the cloth you came from. That doesn't do Jesus any honor in the teaching. Um, oh my gosh, I just want to come. I, I actually kind of joke, but not really. I'm like, I would just love to move to Dallas. I want to go to the Village Church. I want to sit in your classes. Um, actually, this is a real question. If someone does want to be your student, can they be your student from afar? Uh Maybe. Um, okay. So this okay. semester, and we might still have registration open. Okay. Um, but if not, they can uh, reach out to you. You can get them in contact with me and I can get okay. them in the class. Um, okay, awesome. But we are doing Christian story. And so we're just offering that virtually. Can anybody who has an internet connection all over the globe 
to be a part. And so you can join me for an 11 week study through the books, of the, through the Bible and kind of what it means and what God is doing there. Um, and then after that, you'd have to be a student locally here at the church or just okay. if you're in the Dallas area, you don't have to be a member, um, but able to drive in and hopefully we'll have some classes in person in the fall. Okay, so cool. Um, and then pro the pro athlete audience, stay tuned for stuff with Elizabeth to come. Um, we're going to she's going to prayerfully consider what lays before her, um, which could be a really unique opportunity for our communities to collide. And then total last question. I think I've said last question 10 times, but for real, if you could tell anyone to pick up a book in the Bible, like just, if you got to start somewhere, where do you begin and why? And then we'll end it. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I could talk about this forever. I, know. Uh, I would say two places. One is Ephesians. Um, it, if you want to know, okay, what is this thing about salvation? Who am I in Christ? Like, what is it? What is my relationship with Jesus? What is it about? Ephesians will give you kind of a whole picture yep. of what God has done for us and how that should affect the way we live. And so six chapters, you can read it in one setting. It's a great book. Um, and also here's my little uh, resource tip. That's great. The bibleproject.com is a wonderful resource. Like, like, Super, super good. Yep. So if you, they have animated videos for every book of the Bible. It is worth your time. I watch them frequently. <laughs> so they're incredible. they're incredible. They're incredible. Yeah. And then the book of John, it's my favorite gospel. If you can have a favorite one. Um, and it just talks about Jesus and what he came to do for us. And so I think that's a great place to start to, if you want to learn more about him. Okay. Um, you're the best. Oh my gosh. I just wish we lived. Well, actually I might be in Dallas soon. So I'll let you know. Um, yeah. I'll explain later why, but, uh, yes. So I hope to meet you in the flesh again, although I kind of feel like I know you at this point. Um, is there anything right here and now where other than not, if you don't live in the Dallas area, we can potentially virtually zoom. Do you do any teachings just ad hoc on social media or anything where people can just learn from you from afar without being linked up to TVC in any way? Yeah, every, um, usually about once a month, my goal is to kind of post these series on my Instagram page that kind of take people through Keep some posting basics. them, please. Keep going, <laughs> please. Seriously. Through the basics of scripture. And so, or what it just means that I'm big on, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Like, okay, we say I follow God, like what does this mean? Um, and so I try to break down really complicated things to make you hungry. We need the complicated. I want to invite you on that journey. And so just follow me on Instagram at Miss Jazzy Liz, M-I-S-S-J-A-Z-Z-Y-L-I-Z. Um, and I will, my goal is to post regularly on there. Um, these do. kind of simple, simple things to help okay, us. Okay, cool. Faith. And I'll make sure I, I'm not going to only, I'll include Elizabeth. Or, do you go by Liz after all of this? Do you go by Liz? <laughs> I do. It's Elizabeth or Liz. Half the people well, call me Liz, half Elizabeth. So all right, I'm going to end our feel. time calling you Liz because I feel like we know okay. each other better, but I'll share Liz's bio. Um, just kind of, you can see what she's done. She's helped also teach alongside Jen Wilkin through the book of Sam. I mean, there's just so much stuff that she's taught and done. So we'll highlight all of her resources, but um, yeah, I would just say, give us those monthly mic drops on leaving us hungry for more because mm. that's, that's what the best teacher does. Like gives us a sample and we just want to come for the full course. So um, you're a gift, man. You are awesome. I think you're, I just, I do, I pray your platform blows up for the, all the right reasons, you know? Um, but thank you for your time. This is fun. And um, I do hope some point soon we can link up in the flesh that would be i want to go get our nails done and then go get coffee yes. per, per your location <laughs> that sounds great okay, i take your thank you for everything you are awesome
Thank you for listening to the Recalibrated Podcast with Mallory Brown. This podcast is part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories intersecting sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Thank you.